All right. It's good to see everyone this morning. This is a big Sunday. You're trying to figure out what I mean by that. Is he talking about the Super Bowl or is he talking about church or what's that about? I've already had some people ask me if I could lead a time of ministry and prayer requests for the Super Bowl coming up later today. I don't want to take sides, so I'd have to come up with some sort of generic, you fill in the blank as to which team you want. All right. Uh, so uh, yesterday, in fact, you know, there's a story in the scripture where uh, Philip comes across this uh, Ethiopian man and uh, he comes driving by and this Ethiopian man is actually reading a section of the scripture from the prophet Isaiah and Philip goes over to him and he has this exchange with him and it's a miraculous moment. He leads this man to Christ, baptizes him in a body of water that's nearby and then the Bible says that immediately afterwards that Philip was, was transported to a different location. And that's how I felt yesterday morning when I woke up. And I was like, am I back in Canada? What is going on here? I thought that when we moved to Albuquerque that I was never going to see that kind of snow again. And, uh, and I was wrong. But unlike most winter storms that happen in Canada, most of it was gone by about, you know, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Which, uh, which warms my heart and, uh, and, and makes me happy. So uh, we're in the midst of this series we've called Forward Together, and uh, we've been sharing about uh, our sense of our vi- sense of vision and mission, our sense of uh, what God has in store for us as a church as we move into this next season, as we go forward, what does God have for us? Who is God calling us to be? What is God calling us to do? And so that's what we've been talking about. Now, last week, we talked about vision. And so let me just give you a quick recap uh, on vision uh, before we move on a little bit more here. Last week, we talked about the idea that our vision is a picture of the future to which God is calling us. And uh, we all need to have a sense of direction, a picture of the future that God is leading us towards. Are you with me? We read last weekend, Proverbs 29, verse 18, which says that when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but the one who keeps the law, blessed is he. And and in Proverbs 29, 18, same passage in the message version, Uh, It says, if people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We want to be a church where we attend to what God is revealing. We don't want to be the kind of followers of Jesus, whereas he reveals his will to us, we just kind of ignore it or set it aside and then don't do anything about it. And we bask in the revelation, but we don't take it to the next step of doing something with it right? In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, it says this, write down the revelation or write down the vision and make it plain. That's what we were trying to accomplish last week is to make clear, is to make plain what we believe God is calling our church to be and to do. And so last week we shared in a kind of a big picture way 
uh, our belief that God is calling City Church to be a place to encounter God, to be a people to belong to, and to be a launch pad for purpose. That God is calling us to be a place. He's calling us to be a people. He's calling us to be a people of purpose. Amen? And so we talked about how uh, for us, the presence of God is so central to who we are as a church. Even this morning as we worship together and we experience God's presence in our midst, it's a reminder that if God doesn't show up, then we're totally missing the mark. It's a reminder to us that, if, uh, that it is God's presence working in our lives and through our lives that makes all of the difference. Are you with me? If we don't have God's presence, listen, we don't have anything, right? And so we talked about how we want to be a church that is devoted, committed, in love with God's presence. And so whether we gather to worship or whether we gather to pray or whether we gather for an encounter weekend, that whatever we are doing, that it will spring from a heart within our church community that is in love with the presence of God and is committed to pursuing his presence because we are desperate for him, Amen. right? And so we talked about, and then we talked about how God wants uh, our church to be a people to belong to. Do you know, in our culture, loneliness is at like epidemic type proportions how many people are living their lives going about our days and yet we feel so alone we feel unseen we feel unheard we feel like nobody really knows me or knows what is going on in our lives and so we are searching for someone someplace where I can find a people who where I can genuinely know others and where I can be known right one of the things that we so love about city church is how friendly we are and so if you've been here for any length of time and I mean any length of time maybe today is your first time visiting our church and no doubt you have already experienced that we are a friendly church but that's not enough people don't need friendly people need friends and there is a difference it's the difference between my shaking someone's hand and my opening my life up to someone else and inviting them in, right? And so we want to be a church where as a people we have such a high value of community and of relationship and of fellowship and of friendship that as God continues to add to our church family that we are all left with this sense of this isn't just a place where I go on Sundays to participate in a worship service, but these are my people. Are you with me? And then finally, we talked about being a launch pad for purpose and that we believe that each and every one of us, there's a call of God on your life, that there is a plan and a purpose, there's an assignment that God has for you, right? And that we want to be a church where we are helping each other, one another, lean into the plans and the purposes of God, the gifting of God, the calling of God, and that we are uh, becoming a launch pad for the purpose and the calling of God upon everyone's life. And so we talked about that big 
picture kind of vision of being a place, of being a people, and of being a launch pad for purpose. And then finally, we kind of summed all of this up into a single statement that is to say that we are all about following Jesus together. That that's, if we were to just kind of sum it up into a very simple, concise statement that doesn't do, doesn't have like all of it contained into one, but it is to say that as a church at our core, we are passionate about following Jesus together. That that's who God is calling us to be. Now today, I want to talk to you a little bit about mission. And so if vision is a picture of the future to which God is calling us, then our mission is what we do to pursue that vision. Are you with me? So vision gives us a picture of where we're headed, of who God is calling us to be, of what God is calling us to do. Mission is how we're going to go about pursuing our vision. Now, in, uh, in last week when we talked about vision, we talked about kind of three key words, right? Uh, place, people, and purpose were kind of three key words that we shared with you. And then we shared a phrase with you, following Jesus together, which happens to be made up of three words, following Jesus together. And so I felt like when it comes to mission, I better stick with the theme, right? Otherwise, it's going to feel all kind of weird if we break the habit or if we break the theme. And so this morning, I want to share with you three words that I believe describe our mission as a church, which is to say, how do we go about pursuing the vision that God has given us? And so those three words are uh, gather, grow, and go. That at City Church, that our mission is to gather, grow, and to go. Now, let me pause for just a moment before I dig into each one of these a little bit more today and share with you that something that I think is um, maybe kind of neat as a church family. I know for me, I've reflected on this a lot. You know, we arrived here in Albuquerque. We arrived here at City Church back in July. So we've been here for about seven months. And as we started to settle into the church family here, as we started to settle into the community, one of the things that, of course, was on our heart for my wife and I as we began to settle in was to say, Lord, what is it that you have for City Church? What do you have for us in this next season? As you continue to lead our church forward, what do you have in store for us? Who is it that you are calling us to be? What is it that you're calling us to do? And we started to reflect on this and think about this and, 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 and pray about this. And as we were doing this, as we were reflecting and praying, you know, I continually came back to some ideas and some concepts that God had been stirring within my own heart for probably about a decade. It's interesting, uh, a couple of weeks ago I was preparing, a, I've been working on developing a series of lessons that we can use to help new Christians in our church to understand a little bit about the basics of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what are some of the, the next steps and habits that we can begin to take in order to uh, begin that journey of following him. And uh, I was sitting at my desk one day, and I'm starting to prepare some stuff. And I thought, you know, I remember a handful of years ago that I had written some kind of materials and some lessons along the same lines. I, I want to take a look at that. 
And so I open up my computer, I navigate to you know, some old files that I have there, and I start looking, you know, looking through it. And uh, I saw a, a file stood out to me that I had put together back in, it was either like 2016 or 2017, and it was for the small group that I was leading, and it was something about, the title was something about developing people or reproducing small groups or something like that. And anyways, it stood out to me, and I was kind of like, I wonder what, what do they put in that document? And I opened it up, and it was a whole document around, around these three words, gather, grow, and go. And what occurs to me is, is that God is a God who puts people in their place and that he prepares us for the seasons and the assignments that he is setting before us. And for me, it's important for you to see two things. One is, on the one hand, we didn't when we set out to say, Lord, what is it that you have for City Church in this next season? We didn't set out to just simply say, let me pull out a couple of documents that I wrote five, six years ago, and let's kind of copy and paste some ideas that I have in my mind about what a church ought to be and what a church ought to do and how a church ought to go pursuing its vision and its mission. That was not what was in our heart at all. But turns out that as far back as around a decade, God was doing things within our own hearts in order to prepare us for this season in City Church. I'm grateful for that. It's interesting because I did, I honestly, I made conscious, like kind of in my mind, I was conscious of, I don't want to make assumptions about my own ideas, my own thoughts, my own past in considering what God has for the future of City Church. And yet it turns out that God had been doing something in our hearts all along in order to prepare us for this moment. And so in terms of how are we going to go about pursuing our vision as a church, we're going to gather, we're going to grow, we're going to go. So when we talk about gather, what do I mean? So simply to say that we gather for worship and community that we gather for worship and community. We've touched on this, but the church is an embodied community. I know I'm going to rub a few people the wrong way here, but it's one, as wonderful it is as it is in our day and age, the technology allows us to stream our services all over the world, and I'm glad that we can do it, because it allows for people who either can't be here this morning to still participate in our service, or perhaps if you're visiting with us this morning and you're just kind of wondering about City Church and wondering what we're all about, and so you've decided that you're going to check out a service, then that's wonderful. And we're grateful that technology allows us to do that. But let me also say this. That's not church. I know some people may disagree with me, and that's okay. But I believe that the church is an embodied community. That means that we are present with one another. That we are a 
people or a family or a community that we are called to be a part of. In 1 Corinthians 12, which I... Um, which I don't have to read here this morning, but in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses the example of a body. And what's his point? His point is, is that all of the members of your body are connected. And that if they're not connected, then they're not a part of the body, and it's an indication that something has gone terribly wrong. Right? By definition, your body is made up of the parts of you that are all connected together and so the church is called to be an embodied community an embodied people and so we gather together we gather for that purpose to worship God together we worship for community I know that we live in a culture that we can be so consumer minded and we can approach so many things in our lives with the mindset of, well, what's in it for me? What does this offer me? And so we may, you know, we may want to get some new clothes, and so we go to Uptown, or we go to the mall, or we go to, you know, the internet, or whatever it is, and we look around for the things, and we're like, well, do I like that? Do I like that? Does this fit the way that I want it to fit? Does it make me look the way that I want me to look it's all about what does it do for me and then there's other things that we need goods and services and our mindset is very consumer driven and you know sometimes we can have that attitude towards church what what does this church have for me what does this church offer to me what does this church have for this part of my life and what does it have for those that that other part of my life and my family and this that and the other thing not trying to suggest that all of those things are bad but can I suggest to you this? That the first, the first kind of thing that the church exists for, the primary reason that we exist is not for what the church offers to me, but is what we offer to God. Meaning that our, our primary focus is not self centered inward what do I get but what does God get our first priority as a church is to worship God to be a people of worship I've read this a handful of times over the past couple of years and I fully agree with the idea that the purpose of the church is to worship God to equip the saints and to win the world in that order we exist to worship God and so we gather together for that purpose and we gather together for community in Hebrews 10 25 uh, the author of Hebrews writes let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now as the day of his return is drawing near don't neglect meeting together there's so many distractions and things that can keep us from gathering together. Am I right? Do you know that's not a new thing? Because guess why the author of Hebrews was saying that? Because people were getting a little bit careless and a little bit distracted and finding their excuses as to, well, I got this going on, I got this going on, I got the other thing going on. Now hear me. I'm not the attendance police. And I don't have, we don't have like an attendance police here at the church. 
I track our attendance numbers. I know how many of you are here this morning, but I don't know which of you are here. I mean, I can see all of you, and the church is still small enough that I can, for the most part, I, 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 I know most of you. But this isn't about, like, the attendance police and who's going to see if I miss a service or don't miss a service. This is about what's in my heart. And am I committed to the, the church community, the faith community, the spiritual family that God has planted me into, right? And that we don't neglect gathering together. And so we gather. We are an embodied people. We gather to worship God because we are passionate about Him. We are passionate about His presence. We are passionate about honoring Him in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds that we gather to worship and we gather for community. To know others, to engage in genuine, authentic friendships and relationships, and to be known in that context. And so we gather. Secondly, we grow. That is to say that we grow as followers of Jesus. That we grow as followers of Jesus. Let me read this uh, passage of scripture to you from Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 11 to 16. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is, stop, this is my job description. Paul is saying to the Ephesians, God gives to the church these leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then he says, and their responsibility is, meaning this is their job description. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Who's God's people? Right? Every one of us, we're God's people, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. So whose job is it to do God's work and to build up his church? Every one of us. It's not like, well, the pastor, that's his job, or the, the pastor's their job, or the elders, or, or the, you know, somebody else. It's not somebody else's job. It's our job. It's our assignment. It's our call. He says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So, God, so Paul is saying, this is the way that it's going to be until we all, who's we all? Right? Every one of us, until we all measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Anybody there yet? I, I, I still have a ways to go. Right? I absolutely do. I know that. My wife tells me. This is then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly 
as each does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So we grow as followers of Jesus. I want you to understand that as your pastor, although I know how many people are here today, this Sunday, I will know. I don't know right now, but I will know when I get to my computer. Let me tell you a little secret. I don't really care. Honestly, I want you to know this. I'm not here to try to draw a crowd. I'm not here just to put bottoms in seats. Our assignment is not simply to draw a crowd to gather numbers, but our assignment is to make disciples. Is to help people help people grow towards Christ's likeness. Honestly, that is what I care about. The question that I spend a lot of time praying and thinking about is not how many people were here last Sunday and how do we get more people to come next Sunday. It is how do I help people become more like Jesus? Because listen. While we ought to do everything with excellence, to do it as well as we can, to be relevant to our culture so that we can deliver the gospel in a way that it can be received, understand that at the end of the day, that our mandate is not to put on a show. Our assignment is to make disciples, is to help people follow Jesus. And so how do we pursue this vision? How do we become all that God is calling us to be? How do we do the things that God is calling us to do? How do we make City Church a place to encounter God, a people to belong to, and a launch pad for purpose? We need to be growing towards Christ-likeness, growing in our faith, growing towards Christian maturity. So we gather and we grow as followers of Jesus. Finally, we go. We gather, we grow, and we go. Simply put, we go to share, to show and to share the good news. We go to, share, to show and to share the good news. One of the reasons why we need to be growing as followers of Jesus is because we are called not just to talk about Jesus, but we are called to demonstrate him to the world around us. To show the world that he is good and that he is great. To demonstrate to the world that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that if you want to find and experience the life that you were created to have, well, then you need to go to Jesus. But we're called to demonstrate that to our families, to our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, wherever it is that God has called us. And you heard me say this yesterday, and I'll reiterate this again because this is a conviction for us, and I apologize in advance that this will be one of those things that you hear come from my mouth over and over and over and over and over again. And that is this, is that I am grateful when God leads anyone and everyone to our church, that if they feel led to be planted within this 
family I'm grateful for, but please hear my heart. The kingdom of God does not advance in Albuquerque when somebody stops going to the church down the street and starts coming to City Church. God has not called us to go and reach the people that are currently sitting in a worship service in some other congregation. He's called us to go into the world, to go into our places of work, to go into our neighborhoods, to go into our families, to go into our social circles where we have friendships, to go to those who are lost, who are broken, who are hurting, who are living as slaves to sin and unrighteousness. Go to them so that in your life they may see the reality of Jesus and so that you may proclaim to them as a witness how he has utterly transformed your life. We are called to be a people on mission. Called to be a people who are sent into our world. You've heard me say this before, but this is how I know that God loves the people in your world. You're there. God loved your family so much that He put you in the middle of that group. Your crazy uncle? God loves them so much that he made you their niece or their nephew. Your neighbor that drives you nuts, God loves them so much that he led you to buy or rent the house next door. Your coworkers, you thought it was your spectacular resume. How about God loves them so much that he got you a job or inspired you to start a business, whatever it is. How about you're there because God's got an assignment for you among those people. God is calling us to be a church that is on mission. We gather We grow, and then we go. We're not just satisfied to be here. Let's look at one another. Let's smile at one another. Let's sing kumbaya to one another. Let's just look at how great we all are. Listen, you're all great. But we're we're called to gather together so that we can then be sent out. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me leave you with this last thought today on this same topic theme here not only does God love your family or your co-workers or neighbors like just think about your corner of your world and all of the people that you engage with and interact with and that you're surrounded with not only does God love them but also let me say this right 
now the Holy Spirit is at work within their hearts to draw them to Jesus to open their eyes that they may see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. To lead them to a place where their ears will be open that they can hear the good news and embrace it and receive it. Right now, the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. Now listen, you may think of somebody right now and you go, gosh, I don't know how that could be. Like their life is such a mess. They seem to be so rebellious towards God. I remember I tried to talk to them about God, you know, a little while ago, and they even said that they hate God, that they hate Jesus, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. That's okay. Even when we don't see it, God's Spirit is at work. God's Spirit is moving. Why? Because He loves people. And he is always working. Jesus said that the Father never stops working. What's central to his work is to save and to redeem those who have lost their way and who have found themselves within their own Egypt of being slaves to sin and unrighteousness. Those who are broken and who are hurting right now God is at work in their lives so listen when you get up tomorrow morning and you name those people before God in prayer and then when you go to work or you go into your neighborhood or whatever and you say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the love of God today to people I'm going to show people that God loves them by me loving them. I'm going to show genuine interest in their lives. I'm going to show them that I care. I'm going to demonstrate righteousness through my life, through my words, through the way that I engage. When you open your mouth and you tell somebody about what God has been doing in your life or in your family or how God has set you free from something or whatever it is, but you tell people about God's goodness in your life. Listen, it is an act of faith. It's an act of faith because it's your way of saying, God, I believe that you are working in this person's heart right now to reveal Jesus to them, to draw them close to the Father. And so because I believe that you are at work in these people's lives, I will not miss my assignment. But I will recognize that if you are working, you are inviting me to participate with you in what you are doing. And so I will not miss my assignment. But I'll be found in my place. Showing and sharing the good news good news about who Jesus is. It is an act of faith when you choose to say, I'm going to go out. I am going to go. I am considering myself sent so that I can show and share the good news. It is your act of faith because you believe that God's Spirit 
is already at work in people's lives. Are you with me? And so we are called to be a church that is on mission. We are called to be a church that gathers. We gather together for friendship, for fellowship, for community. We gather together to worship. We come to, we are here to grow. We're not satisfied to simply be spectators while other people grow and engage in the mission of God, but we recognize that God is calling each and every one of us to grow in Christ-likeness so that we can be like Him. And we are a people on mission. We are a people who are sent into our own individual corners of the world so that you can be a light that shines in the darkness of somebody's life and so that you can be a voice for the good news to someone who is desperate to hear it. Are you with me? I want to take a couple of minutes today. Church, would you stand with me? Every uh, Sunday, we have a group of people that come together to pray for our church service and for what God wants to do here in our midst. Um, uh, they meet in our green room at, I think, 9 o'clock in the morning to pray for our service, for what God wants to do. I say all that to say two things. One, you're invited, by the way. Uh, there's just a great group of people that pray, but it's not like special If you're waiting for a special invitation... This is it. Consider this your special invitation. You're invited to join us at 9 o'clock a.m. on a Sunday morning in the green room. If there's too many of you that show up to the green room, we have other rooms. Right? We can, we, we, we can make room. But anyways, this group, they get together and they pray. And at 9.20, every Sunday morning, I go into that room and they gather around me and they lay hands on me and they pray, or whoever's preaching that day. And they always ask me, what is it that we can pray for? And over the last couple of weeks, as we've been sharing vision and mission, I will, I, I will say to them, you know, I'm really praying, what I'm asking God for is that the Holy Spirit causes what we're sharing about vision and mission and values and the things that God is calling us to be and to do, that it will be like seed that is planted in good soil, that its roots go down deep, that it is watered by the Holy Spirit so that it begins to bear fruit, not just in my life, but also in your life. And um, I, I will say this, is that one of the things that happens, I, I just shared with you that a lot of what we've been sharing over the past couple of weeks here has been stuff that God has been stirring and doing within our own hearts for years, even a decade. And what I would say to you is this, is that what I share with you, it just, it is, this is in me. My prayer is that it gets in you. That in the same way that this is in me, that God is calling us to be a church that gathers to worship, to exalt Him, to honor Him, to encounter His presence, to uh, experience life together, to grow towards Christ's likeness and to be a people that is sent into the dark corners of our world and of our neighborhoods in order to shine a light and to proclaim a message of good news that this will get in your heart, that it will be like a seed that is planted on good soil, that its roots will go down deep, and that it will bear fruit in your own life and in your own place within the world that you would see that you are called here for such a time as this, and you are sent into your world to show and to share the good news. And so, that being said, 
I would like us to take a moment and just lift our hands to the Lord and lift our voices to Him and just say, Holy Spirit, would you come and water the seed of your word, the seed of this vision, the seed of your calling upon our lives, upon our church. Holy Spirit, would you cause its roots to go down deep into my heart? Would you, uh, Holy Spirit, would you speak a fresh word to my heart that reminds me, that inspires me, that demonstrates to me that what you are doing in City Church is not just for somebody else, but it is me, that your eyes are on me, that your seed is being planted within my heart, that I am called to this church, that I am called to this vision, that I am called to this message, to this mission, that I am called to be a part of what you are wanting to do in our city and beyond. So come on, just cry out to the Lord. Come on, let's just take a couple minutes and just pray right now and just say, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, just declare your yes to Him. Come on to say yes, Lord. We say yes to you. Lord, we say yes to you. Lord, we say yes to your vision for us. We say yes to your mission for us. We say yes to your calling. Yes to your purpose. We say yes to what you are doing. Lord, I say yes to your invitation to participate in what you are doing in my world. on in the same way that Isaiah said here am I send me Lord we say send me I say Lord here am I send me we say yes to you So Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you are doing in Albuquerque. We thank you for what you are doing here at City Church. We thank you that you call us not simply to be consumers or spectators, but that you call us so that we can know you, so that we can become like you, and so that we can do the things that you are doing so that we can participate in what you are doing right now in our world. Father, I pray that the seed of what we have shared over the past couple of weeks, that it would be planted on good soil in each and every heart. I ask Holy Spirit that you would water it, that its roots would go down deep within each and every one of us, that it would bear fruit in our lives, in our church, and in our city. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak a word to each heart about the call of God upon their lives, about the invitation that you present to each and every one of us to know you, to follow you, and to join you in your mission. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would hear our yes and that you would go before us 
be the God who opens doors, provides all the resources that we need so that we could be fruitful in who you are calling us to be and what you are calling us to do. We know that all the results are out of our hands and in yours. All you're asking of us is will we say yes? So I pray today that you would hear not just our voices, but that you would hear the cry that comes from our hearts. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to be who you are calling me to be. And I want to do what you're calling me to do. Yes, Lord. Have your way in me, through me, for your glory, for your honor. And that my life may be a blessing to the world around me. That everyone would know of your goodness and of the good news of Jesus Christ through my life. We give you praise and we give you glory for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, amen. Church, we've had a good morning this morning. Good days are ahead for us, amen. Uh, we love you so much as you're dismissed today. A couple things. One is we do have a prayer team uh, here, and they're going to be some up here, some up here. And so if there's anything going on in your life, in your heart, that we can pray for you about, please come on up here. We'd love to just pray with you. And uh, finally, I'm just going to ask you to turn around as we're dismissed. Find somebody that you've never met before. You don't recognize them. Say hello to them. And uh, may your team win. God bless you.